Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Saturday, March 2nd, presented by Boston Hemp Inc. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down a always massive Saturday NHL card. A huge slate on tap. Looking forward to it. Lots of games, lots of good games as well uh, for this Saturday of NHL action. We'll get to those in just a moment. First, we'll do a very quick to-the-point recap of last night. Uh, there were, of course, uh, a few games in the NHL uh, to talk about. First one, of course, being Arizona and Ottawa. Congrats to the Arizona Coyotes, uh, who snapped their 14-game losing streak. And even though I wasn't on Arizona, that game was phenomenal for yours truly with uh, the over trifecta, about as easy as it gets, 5-3 for Arizona in that game. And because the Coyotes, even though I weren't on them, snapped their losing streak, we'll give them a, oh, oh, oh. there we go, we'll give them a little Coyote sound uh, to, uh, in in honor of them getting the uh, win and snapping their uh, ugly losing streak. And uh, yeah, if the Ottawa Senator season wasn't dead and buried and we hadn't lowered the casket already, I think we can do that after last night because certainly they've had a brutal week where it looked like they were starting to put some things together, play better hockey, play better defensive hockey, get some stops, win some games. And then all of a sudden it's three massive, massive gigantic steps backward this week, losses to Washington, Nashville and Arizona you know, for this Ottawa team, pretty much erase that. So, uh, but good job by Arizona. You could sense that the process was getting better the last couple of games. They played a good enough game to win against Montreal, but they got uh, unfortunately shut down by Montembeau, who was terrific in net. You could see they played a pretty solid game, even in defeat against the uh, Leafs uh, on Thursday night. You could see their game was starting to improve a bit, and it finally gets uh, rewarded with a victory last night. Uh, against the uh, Ottawa Senators in that game. Uh, it was a three-dog night on the uh, NHL ice last night, too. All three underdogs win. Arizona was one. Washington was another. And this one I was not happy about because I was on the uh, Flyers. I don't know what happened to Philly after the first period. The first period, they were great. They were in control, up to nothing. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, just mistakes, you know. And I know Torts was upset with some bad line changes some haphazard play with the puck resulting in Washington capitalizing, no pun intended, uh, with those early goals. And yeah, it was just awful in the last two periods and Torts wasn't happy and I don't blame him. Uh, that's a game you were in control and you basically basically gift wrapped the game for Washington with just blunders and penalties and all kinds of mistakes and bad line changes as well, which I know Torts was screaming at Bobby Brink uh, during the game for one of them too. get off the fucking ice. You could see him there behind the bench there with his arm in a sling because he hurt his arm recently too. his shoulder, (laughs) John Tortorella. So uh, don't let that fool you. He might be injured, but he can still be fiery if you fuck up. And he showed that last night behind the bench. Very disheartening for uh, Philly, but credit to Washington. This is like that little gnat, that little fly, that little mosquito that you just can't swat it away and it just keeps coming back. Uh, this Washington Capitals team, and uh, that's what they've been all year. They've been persistent, uh, and they get a nice victory last night over Philadelphia. And then the New Jersey-Anaheim game, man, you talk about wild game craziness, exciting uh, in the late-night hours. That was the Devils and the Ducks last night. Back and forth hockey, uh, New Jersey with just some dreadful blunders of their own defensively. And just look at the game-winning goal by Frank Petrano which ended up being the game winner because it was the fourth goal. It made it 4-2 at the time. Anaheim hung on for the 4-3 win. 
How do you let him get behind everybody to the front of the net there? Uh, just absolutely pathetic by the New Jersey Devils uh, in that game. And look, I've, I try to defend coaches. I'm not the first guy to say, you know, fire the coach when things aren't going well. But right, Lindy Ruff's got some issues with what he's doing with these lines. Like Alexander Holtz is a skill player. What the fuck is putting him on the down by two goals? He's got offensive talent. What the hell is putting him on the fourth line going to do for you, Lindy? Right. Holy yeah. shit. What are you what are you doing, man? This is a first round pick with high offensive upside. He's kind of a dinosaur in this department, Lindy. If you can't play defense, you're not playing. I get that, but it's not about defense anymore, man. You're down 4-2 to one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League, and you need two points like a human being needs oxygen to fucking breathe. Give Alexander Holtz air time, uh, ice time because he, you need goals right now. You're down by two. What the hell are you doing putting him on the fourth line? He does zip for you on the fourth line. That does nothing to help your hockey team in that spot when you need goals to get back into that game uh, and try to tie it up. So that's unconscionable to me uh, by Lindy Ruff to do that. And I haven't been banging the drum of him screwing up left and right and bad decisions and coaching issues and line combinations and what he's doing with the blender. And he gets and every coach gets the blender out when they're losing. I get it right. to try to shake things up. But that's not the way you do it in a positive, uh, correct manner. Putting one of your skill guys, one of your better talents offensively. Has he been inconsistent this year? Of course. But you need goals. Why are you putting him, of all people, on the fourth line? Didn't make sense to me. Uh, that being said, New Jersey gave themselves a chance. They made it 4-3. And then, of course, I don't know what Frank Vetrano was doing. He got he got away with it, but he just basically pile-drived the net off its moorings right in the final seconds there. Clear delay of game. Clear penalty shot uh, call. It was the right call. There's no question. It was just one of those. I think he was really worried that that puck might have been going in, and he saw desperation uh, at that point and knocked the net off purposely. There's no question. And there's Jack Hughes with a chance to, to get the tying goal on a penalty shot and doesn't even get a shot away. It kind of rolls off his stick, and Lukas Dostal, who was outstanding last night, uh, ends up poke-checking him. Uh, but a great performance. Look, this that reminded me of what Dostal did against Toronto when he had 50-some saves. And I know Toronto won that game. Anaheim lost that game. But uh, he, his performance last night kind of, uh, you know, resonated closely to what he did against Toronto. So it was a great night for Dostal and just for New Jersey, a devastating loss and one you can't afford. They've now lost both games to the Anaheim Ducks in regulation too. zero out of four points for the New Jersey Devils this season against the Anaheim Ducks. That's going to be, you want to look at reasons why they're not in the playoff spot and not likely to make a playoff spot. Look at that right there. Uh, Alex thoughts on last night. You know, everybody was trying to say that Washington, this was a do or die game for them, but, I think last night kind of ended up being the, you know, the, the last rights being read for the New Jersey Devils. And like you said, uh, you know, Lindy Ruff, a coach who, you know, I didn't, yeah, didn't make a whole lot of mistakes early. This team was just not really that good. They were trying to find their bearings. Of course, they had all the, the injury bug issues at, at one point <clears throat> heading around the holiday time and going into the all-star break, missing Hughes, missing Heashier, Dougie Hamilton going down. So those things, you know, are hard to come, come back from when you're missing key players like that. But, like you said, when you're seeing uh, some of the mistakes that Ruff's made now, some of the things he's doing with his lines and his combinations, seems like maybe the game has kind of gotten past him a little bit. We talk about this whenever we look at these older coaches. Look at a guy like John Tortorella, for example, a guy where we all wondered, oh, can he adapt and still be around in today's game? Absolutely he can. He's been able to to, to make those changes and adapt. Uh, Dave Hackstall is another guy who's able, older coach, been able to make those changes and adapt. Lindy Ruff, where it seemed like he, maybe that was the case last year, but keep in mind, you know, 
They were crying for his name to be you know, crying for him to be fired first couple of games in before that giant run. And they read, you know, ran that giant run and that momentum throughout the rest of the season. So you take that big streak out of the equation. This is a team that's pretty much been just above 500, if not a, a below 500 club. And I think he's kind of lost that room. And I think he may have lost his such a bit. This is a guy you're going to have to get rid of at the end of the year. You got to ride it out now with the last 20, 25 games. But uh, you're going to have to make a change immediately at head coach for the New Jersey Devils moving forward if you want to be a consistent playoff team and consistent winning team. He just doesn't have it. But that being said, you know, go back to that Philly game. Just an absolute just uh, disaster as they came unraveled. And it sucked for me having the draw because it looked like this game was okay. Perfect spot. They get off to a hot, uh, you know, you know, first period, and then you see Washington come back, tie the game. That had all the settings for, okay, they come out, slow things down in the third period. We go into OT, and, and, and they settled the extra point. But, uh, you know, Caps kept their foot on the gas, as they and they're supposed to do that. Considering their spot, considering, you know, how big of a game that was, and when you look at, you know, what's coming up uh, ahead for them, if they want to be a playoff team, you had to get two points in that game and do it in convincing fashion, and they were able to do so. So uh, a big win for the Caps. Uh, that organization certainly, no doubt, and uh, the you know, just interesting seeing, like I said, this just these changes and these little things now where we're trying to decide who are these teams that are going to make it, and who are these teams that are going to miss, and, and you can see in just these games every now, every game becomes more and more important, every period becomes more and more important, and you can see the teams that are going to fall out of favor. Like I said, New Jersey definitely seems like one of those teams in my book now where I'm, I'm not going to be backing them much uh, the rest of the way. Certainly not in the price range we saw them last night. I'm kind of bemoaning the fact that I wasn't on Arizona and Anaheim in some fashion. I mentioned I thought Arizona had a decent chance yeah. to snap the skid last night. I knew I didn't want to lay it with New Jersey last night. I just didn't have the faith I needed in Anaheim to pull the trigger on that. But I was worried that – and people were just – some people were blinded and assuming that, hey, the Devils beat San Jose, crushed them, maybe they're back on track. No, 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 no. Cockinen was terrible. They were sh totally shell-shocked and, and and deflated after Blackwood got injured, and they f fell apart, San Jose, and they're awful. So yeah. that was not a, a symbol to me that New Jersey was getting things back on track. Symbol for them getting back on track would have been taking care of business last night against the Anaheim Ducks, who had already beaten their ass once this year, and they did not do it. That yeah. would have been getting back on track. And and here's the thing, too, you mentioned about with uh, just kind of looking back, like I said, with the, the the change of that, and I was saying with reference to somebody mentioned too, I said mentioned how coaches with the speed of the game, but it's not even just the speed of the game, just just making your moves on the fly as far as just just reading what the other team's doing. Uh, like I said, I don't think Russ reading teams well anymore. He's 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 leaving himself to a point to, to get out coached, which is something that you didn't you never saw from him throughout his time. I mean, you know that is you know watching him with the Sabers, all the different teams that he's been with, but they, he's always had his X's and O's straight. So. Something's a little bit off uh, with him in, in, in that spot. And then, like I said, I, I, it's a change. You know, you look at it now, maybe this, this change should have been made earlier. And you could have probably salvaged something with this team because this is a good team on, on paper, especially offensively, as you mentioned. But uh, it's just, yeah, just little things that are off. And those are the little things we have to start looking at. And you talked about, yeah, we could have backed Anaheim. Yeah, we could have backed Arizona. But we don't make a lot of money backing bad teams in the last two months of the year either, you know. So the way I would kind of look at that is, hey, you didn't take any shot with with uh, a, a desperate favorite. There's no reason that you know you can look at you know, okay, all three dogs came in and Fridays have weird finishes, but that's something I wouldn't be making a regular pattern of either. Just because we see a team that's falling out of favor, being such a high favorite, 
It doesn't necessarily mean we need to rush and go bet the dog either because there's those those teams like you talked about Anaheim and Arizona. More often than not, we can't trust them to win games either. That's right. So you can all, all, you can always be disappointed you didn't take the dog, but more importantly, you can always be more grateful you didn't take the favorite. And that's what you could be last night with uh, those three games. All right, we got a huge slate on this Saturday, an even dozen games, twelve uh, on this uh, NHL. Actually, thirteen. Uh, I counted wrong. Yeah, 13 games on this uh, NHL slate. And we will begin with a game that's actually starting and not that uh, long, about five, ten, ten minutes from now. The Winnipeg Jets and the Carolina Hurricanes. It's a really good game, actually, to start the Saturday off. We've got Carolina minus 160 home favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this game. It's really not much to say for me. I think it's going to be a good game. It's more of a viewing game for me. I've only got one player prop and one uh, side slash total that I like in this game. Uh, that's about it. Uh, it's going to be Connor Hellebuck and Pyotr Kochekov in net. It's a great goaltending matchup. Winnipeg's trying to bounce back after a 4-1 loss to Dallas uh, to begin this road trip, this mini three-game trip, which is Dallas, Carolina, and then they go to Buffalo after this. Uh, Carolina, they've played well, 7-2 uh, uh, in their last nine games. Back-to-back road wins against Minnesota and Columbus. They are back home off a road trip, but only a three-game trip. And the travel was to Buffalo, Minnesota, and Columbus. Not the most arduous travel by any stretch of the imagination. More importantly, going into this game, there were major question marks for Winnipeg as to who was going to be in this lineup because they had multiple key players missing practice yesterday. Uh, And uh, Gabe Velarde was one. Um, Sean Monaghan was one. And Nick Ehlers was one. The good news is Ehlers is in. Monaghan is in today. uh, But Gabe Velarde is out Uh, He will not play today for the uh, Winnipeg Jets due to injury. So they will have Monaghan and Ehlers, which is huge, but they will not have Velarde, which is probably equally as huge with the way uh, he has played this season for the Winnipeg Jets. So it looks like today we've got, and because of this, actually, I will add a prop here for Winnipeg. But for me, I am on the draw. Now look at this draw price at FanDuel. FanDuel plus 330. It's about as low a draw price as I've seen at FanDuel, which is telling me that we're starting to just slowly but surely maybe get ourselves a little bit uh, of a uh you know a, an adjustment in these draw prices you know plus 330 i still like it i think very good chance for ot with these two teams here and what should be a very competitive game uh should be low scoring five and a half um and I, if you actually follow Chris Otto's totals charts, Carolina's on a first period underrun, believe it or not. There's not many teams on a first period underrun overall, but Carolina's on one right now. So keep an eye on that. Um, so I'm on the draw here uh, in this game for a small bet. And I have one player prop on each side. I have Tavo Taravainen for Carolina. He's up on the top line. He scored in the last game for Carolina against Columbus playing on that top unit. Uh, I think because of that, you get a good, and look, they haven't adjusted the price much. He's plus 355 at Batano to score a goal in this game. Top line, and he scored in the last game for Carolina. So double T, uh, Tavo Taravainen. And the other one I'm going to look at, he's playing on the top line due to the absence of Velarde. Vlad Nemesnikov for Winnipeg, plus 610 at Batano. Let's, a couple of nice bargains here in this game. One on each side, uh, Taravainen at plus 355 for Kakalaki. Uh, and uh, Vladislav Nemesnikov, plus 610 for Winnipeg, playing on the top line this afternoon with Shifley and Connor. So uh, those are the two props for me. Good value. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Winnipeg, Carolina, to get it started. Yeah, this game's uh, going to be a pass for me. Obviously, you mentioned about the first period under trend with Carolina. However, you look at the series, 
four and one to the first period over the last five meetings in Raleigh with the weird start time, 1130 uh, kind of internal time for Winnipeg. I don't know what we're going to expect. So I'm staying away from this game. Draw would make sense. And like you said, we're, we're seeing these prices coming down quite a bit. Uh, I have seen some 280s and 290s floating around in a couple of books with different uh, draw plays throughout the day. So you have to definitely shop around and also look for your yes, no props now, because sometimes you might find a discrepancy where that price now has become higher than the regulation draw. So there's a little bit of shopping involved now in uh, draw season as we get further and further and closer to the playoffs. Yeah, I hate to say it. We're getting pinched uh, a little bit now here with these uh, with these drops. It's start, slowly starting to happen, and it might continue to happen as we get closer to the playoffs. Now, I want to mention, usually when we uh, go game by game, we go in rotation order, betting odds screen rotation order. We can't do that today because there's a couple games where there's been time changes and uh, we, we, we usually, and it's always, usually the betting rotation goes not only, uh, in order of the rotation numbers, but by time as well, that's not the case today. So you'll see Winnipeg, Carolina, and then Minnesota, St. Louis is the next game on the betting odds screen rotation. Right. That's a six o'clock start. So I always prefer to go in order of start time. So we'll skip down to Florida, Detroit. That is the next game that's uh, on the uh, schedule 3 PM Eastern time. So make sure you look, it's further down on the uh, odds screen. If you're going in that. And, uh, and you know what? I mean, time makes sense now, too. Most books don't even have rotation numbers anymore, especially for hockey. I, I can't remember the last time I've seen one. So, uh, you know, yeah, it, it makes sense. So that's old school. Order. Yeah, you can tell we're yeah. dinosaur handicappers at this point. We've been around a long time. Uh, we're good. It's not we're dinosaurs <laughs> and we suck now. We're still good. <laughs> but legit wait, legit, time, legit side story. I sent out a college play last year to a client, and it had the rotation number, and the guy was like, what What do his numbers mean? And I go, I was like, oh, yeah, he's, he's like, I think he's maybe like in his mid-20s. And I go, yeah, right. Not used to rotation numbers. So there's a little bit of a divide in that, for sure. Yeah, no question. This is your ABC Saturday afternoon game, national TV, Florida Panthers, Detroit Red Wings. This is kind of refreshing. You don't always see a, this kind of matchup on ABC. Detroit's on ABC quite a bit. But Florida, for as good yeah. as they are, Florida doesn't get on national TV as much as they should. And, and so this is nice to see it for them. Uh, the Panthers minus 160 road favorite, six and a half the total. I do not fade Florida on the road. I do not do it. It's simple as that. Uh, the road record is 28 and one. That is uh, right there with uh, among the best teams in the entire NHL as far as road performance is concerned this season. They've been absolutely outstanding uh, on the road. I've made a lot of money, won a lot of bets this year with the uh, Florida Panthers uh, on the road. And that's not something I'm usually willing to do. Yeah, they now have the number one road record. No team has 20 road wins this season besides the Florida Panthers. Uh, so it is very impressive what they've done here uh, on the road. It is Detroit off a loss. I mean, I expect them to have bring it here as well after losing 5-3 to the New York Islanders. But you look at this matchup, Florida's been very good on the road all season long. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see them be uh, very good again here. Uh, they've continued to win games. Now, some of these have been close calls lately for them. You know, each of their last four wins have been one goal victories, and they've played five straight games that have been decided by one goal coming into this game, the Florida Panthers uh, this afternoon. 4-3 uh, shootout win over Montreal in their last game. Like I said, Detroit had a six-game winning streak snapped uh, by the New York Islanders uh, in their last game, 5-3. We'll see how this one uh, plays out. I mean, I definitely... It's, it's a great game. It's a great game. It's more of a game I'm excited to watch than bet because I don't have anything super strong from a betting standpoint. I won't go against Florida on the road, especially knowing that they lost 
at home to Detroit in the last meeting back in uh, January, 3-2 in overtime. Um, I like Florida in these spots on the road, but it's a pretty lofty price. Detroit's off a loss themselves. Detroit's been playing pretty well before that Islander loss, and it's the Alex Lyon factor against his old team. He's going to want to play well here. There's no question. Uh, Now, Lyon's been a little bit more, I guess, beatable up and down, I guess you can say, with the last few starts that he's had uh, for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, But the fact remains, he gets to play his old team. And if you remember, guess who was in net? for the Detroit Red Wings in January when they went to Florida and beat the Panthers 3-2. Oh, yeah, Alex Lyon, he got the win, and he played pretty well in that game for Detroit against Florida. So nothing but the draw here for me. I am going to take a a piece of the draw here. I think it makes sense. I mean, five straight one-goal decisions here for the Florida Panthers. You know, five straight games have been decided by one goal. Uh, We saw the last meeting between these teams go to overtime down in Sunrise. So for me, uh, the draw once again here. So two draws to get the card started um, on this Saturday. Uh, plus three, se- uh, plus three. Let me see what the price was. Plus three seventy yeah. uh, at uh, FanDuel for this draw between the uh, Panthers uh, and the Red Wings. And look, this is um, not an easy game to bet for me personally to bet over the total. Uh, there's multiple factors here. One is that Florida on the road has been an under machine, and the other, and Aaron put put, put up a great stat. In division games in the Atlantic Division, yeah, Panthers eighteen and two to the under. That's an unreal run. Eighteen and two last twenty divisional games for the Florida Panthers to the under. So uh, that is definitely something that's uh, definitely noteworthy. Yeah, Panthers, there it is. I'll put it up there. Wow, yeah. eighteen and two to the under in Atlantic Division games for the Florida Panthers in their last twenty division games coming into today. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? ABC, Florida, Detroit. Yeah, I've been the under. And minus a dollar fifteen. This that this should be probably be a six based off of that. So we're getting six and a half at a dollar fifteen. I'm going under, and uh, I'll pair that with the draw. I already had the draw this morning. Plus three. I uh, actually got plus three sixty five. So three seventy, a little bit better price. Uh, but this is a classic draw season spot. Two division teams, uh, and, and like you mentioned national TV game for Florida. I don't know. If it it didn't seem like NHL teams really get geared up more for a national TV game than, uh, say, in the other leagues. But the fact that the Panthers don't play that many games on national TV, that could be a little bit different. So being on the road, uh, you know, you have you know fans that will be out and about maybe during the day and, you know, kind of have the watch party atmosphere. So teams are kind of kind of will get geared up when they don't play too often on national TV. And we, if they're playing their style, it's going to be defense. They're going to be controlling possession, controlling the puck. So I could see this being a low and slow kind of a game going past 60 minutes to so give me the under and the draw. Yeah. And it's a tough game for props. Cause I don't know how much scoring there's going to be. And Alex Lyon played very well against Florida when the Red Wings beat uh, the Panthers in January. And this is a game that's going to get him, uh, you know, fired up here uh, in uh, this game. Yeah. I, I've gone to that well before Maddie with the Panther fan jokes, but I can't do that anymore. They've actually had great attendance this year. He, really? Yeah. And, yeah. We, we, we talked about that on one of the back casts where you saw, you know, a, a full crowd, Full bowl early in the first period, not walk-ins, not anything like that. People already in their seats. So, uh, yeah, the the old uh, you know jokes of everybody dressing as a as a, a chair back in the day are long gone. Florida fans are are they exist and they come out in bunches and they come out to the game. So salute to them. Now it did take a Cinderella magical ride in the Stanley Cup playoffs and getting yeah. to the Stanley Cup final to capture everyone's imagination down there uh, and interest. And uh, but uh, so uh, there is some. Hey, it, that's what it took to finally get your asses in the seats down there. 
But at the same same point in time, at least they're in the seats now and they're filling the building, which th this team deserves to have that building filled up to see them play. We'll retire the jokes forever if the building's still full five years from now and they're a middle of the road team. Yeah, yeah. If they start to like, if they start to suck in three years, it'll be half empty again, hundred percent. That's the way it goes. You have to be winning and you have to be something that's interesting as a sports team to be get getting to get, be getting support down there in the Miami Dade County yep. area. It's simple as that. Yeah, the heat don't the draw heat. flies when they suck. Look <laughs> at the Marlins. They've stunk for years. They, they barely. I was there. I was in Marlins Park on the pub sports trip a few years ago. It, there's nobody there. There really wasn't. You could stretch your legs out. You know, you could basically, you, I could lay down and have a sleep on the whole entire row of seats and I wouldn't worry about, you know, coming close to hitting anybody. You know, that's, so, yeah, uh, I know what it's like there. It's a, it's a sports town where it's not the greatest and you got to be doing good if they're, if you're going to get any sort of attendance uh, and any sort of attendance pop in your, uh, in your finances. That's for sure. Same deal um, with LA, they're, they're, the LA, LA and Miami, Florida, you always going to have that. You have to have to be a great team with no one's showing up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just the way it is in certain markets. It's, it's the way it is in a lot of markets, but in those bigger markets, yeah, it's definitely like that. Uh, where you've got to be doing well if you're going to be able to get people uh, in the building. No question about that. Uh, as far as, like I said, props, not many here uh, in this game. Although I, I am tempted again by Patrick Kane just because he seems every game he's either scoring or collecting an assist, and it's very, very hard to deviate from that. This is a very good defensive team, and Bobrovsky's been very good as well, and he'll be in net for Florida most likely. But so I might sprinkle on Kane, but uh, props, but there's nothing more significant than that think, for me that I'll be looking at. I think at. his numbers against Florida, I'm, I'm looking them up now too. His numbers against Florida, I think are pretty good considering he never really plays them that often. Right. Uh, 16 goals, 22 assists in 33 games. So yeah, yeah, if you want to look at a player pop for Detroit, it may not be a bad one at all. Yeah, that is pretty good. I agree. Uh, that might be worth a look there for sure. All right, this is the last of the afternoon games. It's 4 p.m. Eastern for this one. Edmonton Oilers, Seattle Kraken. Uh, Edmonton minus 150 road favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Um, you look at Seattle here, this has been a very important two victories that they have accumulated here on home ice after really a debacle against Minnesota. I still look back on that, and I'm, I'm still stunned they were that bad that night against the Wild, but they certainly have rebounded nicely with a 4-3 shootout win against Boston, a 2-0 shutout against Pittsburgh. Philip Grubauer's been absolutely spectacular in net for the Seattle Kraken during this run. I mean, this has been this has been almost unbeatable, like he's got uh, a brick wall there when he's in net right now for this uh, Seattle team. He's only given up six goals and four starts, seven goals and five starts uh, in the month of February. Uh, and the Kraken, you know, four and... Uh, uh, four and one uh, right now, actually four and oh, because he actually came in to replace Decord in the Minnesota game. But the last four games he started, Seattle's won each game four and oh in his last four starts. He's been excellent uh, during this stretch. Uh, you would assume he's going to be in net here against the uh, high powered Edmonton Oilers. This will be the biggest test, though, with all due respect, because Pittsburgh, a little flighty, Boston is good team. But, you know, this is going to be an offense that's going to test him just a little bit here going into this one. Edmonton, meanwhile, um, they've had issues lately defensively, but they've corrected those at least for two games. Home wins against the Kings and the Blues back-to-back uh, -back and giving up just two goals uh, in each of those games. So, And, and it's funny because L.A. and um, St. Louis both scored early in those games, and yet Edmonton simmered down. Stuart Skinner got stronger as the game went on. Uh, and he played very well in the third period of both games to 
allow Edmonton to get the victory there uh, in those contests. So we'll see if he can keep it going. Edmonton trying to get their defensive game going. See, this one I initially thought, what are we going to do here with the total? Edmonton's won five straight, by the way, <laughs> against Seattle, seven and one uh, in the last eight meetings as well. So it's been a lot of Oilers dominance. I, I almost I considered Seattle here. I do think with Grubauer playing well, there's some value on Seattle here, plus 130. In this, I think I am. I think I'm going to sprinkle small on Seattle here, plus 130, just because of how good Grubauer's been, how good this team has been. Now, I know uh, in these last two games, now I know Edmonton's dominated them, but you know, and they've righted the ship defensively to some extent with the two home wins, but L.A. and St. Louis at home, Basically, show me you can do it on the road is what I'm telling Edmonton now. Show me you can dig in and be this good defensive team on the road. Because let's not forget, on the road trip, the last few road games we've seen out of Edmonton, they gave up the six to St. Louis, shut out by L.A. Uh, Yeah, they beat Arizona, but that's not saying much. The better teams on the recent road trip they had, they were giving up goals. So we'll see if we can challenge them to uh, continue those improved defensive performances of the last two games here today uh, against the uh, Seattle Kraken. Uh, It is worth noting, by the way, here going into this game as well. um, You look back at um, a cup. I want to highlight a game that was played between these two teams last March. Okay. Last March, Saturday, March 18, 2023 in Seattle. And guess what the start time was? Four o'clock PM Eastern time. The very same time we see here. So I remember it because I was like, didn't didn't Edmonton and Seattle play a 4 p.m. Eastern Saturday afternoon game last year in Seattle? And I went back and I was pretty sure they did. So I went and looked and they did. And it was a six to four win for the Edmonton Oilers. But it was a pond hockey type of game. It was two one Edmonton after the first period. uh, And it ended up and it ended up six four for Edmonton uh, in that game. And then you throw in the fact that in the last six games, uh, Edmonton is five and one to the over in the first period. And I ended up getting in on the first period over here. I, I talked myself into the first period over here with the Oilers and the Kraken. And I actually talked myself into the over trifecta in this game. The more I dug, dug into it, you know, at, at first I, I jumped on, I bet Seattle. Then I went to the total. I'm like, Hmm, Seattle's been playing these low scoring games. These last couple at home, um, Edmonton's, you know, finally started to improve defensively. The last two games, maybe this isn't an over. But then I went in and looked more. There's been some high-scoring affairs with Edmonton-Seattle going back to when Seattle first came into the league. And long-term, the full-game overs are 7-2-1 and one to the over in the last 10 meetings between the Oilers and the Kraken. And as much as I love the way Gruby, as they call him, Grubauer, is playing right now for Seattle, let's see him do it against Edmonton because the Oilers are a very dangerous club right now and the one thing that i you can still pick a hole at for seattle is the penalty kill has given up three goals in the last three games and we know that edmonton power play when they're on they're lethal and they are on right now they have scored a power play goal in four straight games entering this one we know edmonton's penalty kill has is still struggling a little bit they've it's been a little bit better the last four games but they've still given up a power play goal eight of the last 10 games and don't look now guess whose power play is heating up the last six seattle a power play goal in five of the last six games for the Kraken coming into today. So I talked myself into the over trifecta. So a game I didn't really feel strongly about initially. You do your digging and you end up finding something you like. And I ended up liking the over trifecta here. First period over, first period, both teams to score, uh, which is a nice price, by the way, uh, with that. Uh, looking at uh, plus uh, 162 at FanDuel uh, for both teams to score in the first period and also over. And I got the over at six. 
minus 128 at Pinnacle. Now, you could get over six and a half at even money. I decided let's get the six, you know, just in case it's a 4-2 type of game. Uh, over six minus 128 at Pinnacle for the full game over for me in this one. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Oilers, Kraken. So I like two-thirds of the over trifecta. I like the first period over, and I like both teams to score. So I got that minus 135 of the one and a half, plus 160 for both teams to score. But I'm also going, and you mentioned about the power play goals, and it's something that I got to look at this more often with other teams. I've been doing it, it seems like, with every Edmonton game, uh, mainly because it's just kind of hard to try to find value with the Oilers. But over one and a half power play goals, plus 134. Uh, at FanDuel, that is a fantastic number. Red hot power plays both sides and struggling penalty kills on both sides. Great, great look. And this is something I'm going to be probably hammering the rest of the season and definitely in the playoffs because uh, we tend to see teams, the good teams take advantage of when they have power plays, have those man advantage opportunities. So uh, plus 134, I'll be adding that on along with first period over and both teams to score in the first. All right. And this is the game where finally we have some props that we like. We're, we we got to bet Zach Hyman. He's just ridiculous right now for the Edmonton Oilers. I got plus 135 goal. I've got plus 900 to get two goals. Like, he's scoring in bunches right now for Edmonton. Zach Hyman, the worker B, he just works his butt off every game. It's just unbelievable. You know, if every player on that Edmonton team worked uh, hard every shift like Hyman, uh, they'd be an even better team than they are uh, right now. Uh, plus 900 for uh, two goals or more. Plus 240 for over one and a half points. I'm going back to Yanmark because he's on the second line. Matias Yanmark for Edmonton, uh, plus 750. Great price. Fogel and Perry, plus 380, plus 450, respectively. A little bit on Bouchard as well, plus 470 because of the power play element. The power play has been good for Edmonton. Seattle's kind of struggled with the kill, and that's where an Evan Bouchard steps in. He might even be able to dent the twine with that Bouch bomb. Uh, at plus 470 uh, here in this game. I find the Evan Bouchard goal props, Alex, they're more appealing when Edmonton's playing a team with a struggling penalty kill because right, that's yeah. where he becomes an even more integrity. He gets a lot of his goals in particular uh, on the man advantage. So uh, that's why I think Bouchard, this might be the, the game in the spot that he's worth a look. And then on the Seattle side, the former Oiler, Jordan Eberle, around plus 290. Uh, why not? Uh, against his old team, Oliver Bjorkstrand for Seattle. He's heating up. We had a goal prop on him against uh, Pittsburgh the other night, uh, and he uh, got the first goal of that game, plus 340 for Oliver Bjorkstrand. I think that's a really good price for a guy that's heating up right now. We did sprinkle on Kyler Yamamoto. Now, he hasn't scored in a while, but he's a former Oiler, uh, plus 750. Why not for uh, Kyler Yamamoto here for Seattle? And then a little bit on Vince Dunn, plus 510 to score, and over one and a half points for Vince Dunn. Plus 375. Again, just like Bouchard's the power play quarterback for Edmonton, Mm -hmm. Vince Dunn, the power play quarterback for Seattle. Edmonton's penalty kill struggling a bit. Seattle's power play has been good the last six games. So that's where the Vince Dunn goal prop comes in, that maybe Vince Dunn gets a clapper that gets past Skinner uh, in this game today. So it's actually not a bad prop game. A lot to like there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I like a a couple of those props. Vince Dunn. Uh, over one and a half prop, I definitely like, and there's a couple other players you mentioned too. So, I gotta, I gotta, I'm pretty sure my bargain bin is gonna come from this game, but I got a couple things to choose from in that spot. So. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Uh, so, there's some good looks there as far as props uh, in that game. All right, next up, we've got. Let me just make sure we get the time right. All right, it's Minnesota. <coughs> excuse me, Minnesota and St. Louis uh, in a very important game, really, in terms of playoff positioning. Uh, we've got the uh, Minnesota Wild, minus 120 road favorites, uh, six the total in this game. Um, that was a really 
bad game for Minnesota, really bad against Nashville uh, the other night. And I know Nashville's playing good hockey uh, right now since the uh, All-Star break. And really since uh, uh, Andrew Burnett vetoed their privileges of going to the U2 concert, that's really where the uh, uh, hot streak began for the uh, Nashville Predators. But Minnesota was just awful defensively. Gustafson did not play a very good game. Uh, just breakdowns in coverage. There wasn't really a lot of pushback from Minnesota when they fell behind in that game, and then it got worse from there in that 6-1 to one loss to Nashville. That's now two losses in a row for them. And you just can't be in a win-two-lose-two type of mentality right now if you're Minnesota. You've got to put a win streak together. So to see that nice little two games that they won together, or three of four, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Seattle, and then you come back and you lose to Carolina and Nashville. It's kind of like one step forward and two steps back right now uh, for this Minnesota Wild team. And, uh, you know, not a team I'm excited about laying a price with on the road, but I can't say I'm rushing to back the Blues right now either. St. Louis has lost three in a row, uh, all on the road against Detroit, Winnipeg, and Edmonton. Um, they have had a couple of head-scratching bad performances. The way they came out against Detroit was a joke. It was laughable how atrocious they were. Uh, the Winnipeg game, they lose 4-2. Uh, they were better in that game, and they were better against Edmonton too, but not finding ways to win those games. Minnesota's won three in a row uh, against the uh, St. Louis Blues, including an 8-5 to game between these two teams uh, in St. Louis uh, uh, last year, I believe it was. Yeah, I mean, it was 8-5 to uh, for uh, Minnesota here <laughs> in St. Louis, and of course, that's when you know things were really starting to fall apart again for the uh, St. Louis Blues at that time. Uh, you look at this matchup, um, you look at recent um, uh, games for the uh, Minnesota Wild, you know, the Carolina game, we saw goals early. The Nashville game, we saw goals early. This is another one where the over trifecta is kind of calling my name a little bit here uh, in this game with the uh, Wild and the Blues. And crazy enough, they've actually had some games where they've uh, been some higher scoring affairs. Marc-Andre Fleury, Jordan Bennington, by the way, the confirmed goaltending matchup in this game. Definitely like the goals early. Uh, the full game over, I'm not quite as bullish on, but certainly a first period over, first period, both teams to score. These are teams off losses. These are teams that need points desperately here in this spot if they have any inclination of Stanley Cup playoff hockey. So from that standpoint, I think we get aggressive attack approach from both teams early on. So over first period, both teams to score. We'll be on the full game over as well, but a little bit more interested uh, in the uh, first period. This is this is definitely a game where I'll have a little bit more percentage-wise on the first period uh, bets, the first period over and first period uh, both teams to score. Uh, this is one, too, where I lean draw, but there's better draws. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Minnesota, St. Louis. Yeah, I agree with that. I have the draw. It, it, it It's situational for the draw. Division teams needing points, trying to get into the playoff race, battling against one another. At plus 360 at FanDuel, I do have some of that in pocket, but I love this first period over a lot. 14-3 and three the last 17 meetings between these two teams. You got Marc-Andre Fleury in that. He's been a bit shaky. Bennington, like you said, up and down. We're waiting for him to kind of – Maybe regress a little bit after a couple of good stars. We could see him give up some goals early. So uh don't like both teams to score that much. I've seen him, you know, plus one seventy two is the highest price. So if you want to grab it, shop around. But uh I'm just I'm just more pot committed to you can lay a dollar twenty two up to a dollar thirty on the first period over one of that. There we go. Yeah, I get it. Uh, definitely, because I could see this being a 2 nothing first period, and that's always where you know, you're not always going to get uh, home with the uh, first period both teams to score, even though you do cash the first period over because you will get those uh, you know, type of uh, scores after the opening period, a 2 nothing or even a 3 nothing 
you know, type of a first period. So that's always what you worry about a little bit uh, in this type of a game. As far as uh, goal props here, um, <laughs> you know, Matt Boldy cooled off a little bit, but still very much someone that's uh, a threat here for the Minnesota Wild. There's a lot for St. Louis because there's a lot of the same guys that you can recycle and they keep on producing. Kairou, Thomas, Buchnevich is on fire right now for uh, St. Louis. He keeps scoring right now for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, neighbors, too. Neighbors is cooling off just a little bit, but I think Buchnevich is actually my favorite, quite honestly, right now. Uh, Buchnevich for the uh, St. Louis Blues is really uh, on a short-term heater right now for them. Goals in back-to-back games. And if you go back to the Toronto game on February 19, his last five games, he has six goals. So he has been absolutely feeling it right now for the uh, St. Louis Blues. So hard to ignore props for Pavel uh, Buchnevich here in this one. That was a 6 p.m. Eastern start. So is this game, uh, Colorado and Nashville. Uh, the Red Hot Predators, can they keep it going here against the mighty Avalanche? Colorado minus 135, road favorites here in Music City. Uh, six and a half being the uh, total in this game. So we heard from Nathan McKinnon after the game against Chicago with a post-game interview. I happened to keep ESPN on on one of my televisions after the Colorado-Chicago game ended. Of course, they had the game on their network. And there's Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter interviewing Nathan McKinnon uh, after the uh, game. And all I heard from McKinnon in the post-game was defense, defense, defense. We've got to shore up our defense. We've got to shore up our defense. We've got to get tighter. We've got to play better in our own zone, especially on the road. Uh, that's what he said like two or three times in the interview. And sure enough, they shut out Chicago 5-0. And don't forget the nice defensive game they played against Dallas as well at home before that, uh, beating the Dallas Stars 5-1 to uh, in that game. So is this a sign Colorado is saying, you know what, playoffs are coming up. Can't be always playing, you know, trying to outscore the other team to win games, 5-4, 6-5 type of games. Is this a sign that they're going to tighten things up here uh, moving forward? We'll see. Uh, as this road trip continues here in Nashville, uh, the Predators, meanwhile, they have been very good during the seven-game win streak, obviously, 6-1 against Minnesota. And what's been impressive to me is that their offense is rolling four goals or more in all seven victories, but they've also given up two goals or less now in five straight games. In five of their last seven victories, they've given up two or less. So it's both ends of the ice right now for Nashville. They're keeping the puck out. Uh, and they are scoring at both five on five and at even strength. Power play is connected on three of the la- in three of the last four games for uh, Nashville, um, which has been impressive to see. Uh, the penalty kills gotten better. Will be put to the test today by Colorado, who have a very good power play in three straight games. Uh, they have scored, um, you know, they have scored a power play goal. Um, so the question is, what's going to give here? You know, we've seen Nashville score in bunches, but they've uh, kept the puck out. They've actually gone under the total Nashville in uh, two of their last, actually three of their last five games have gone under the total as well as a push and the over cashed in the Minnesota game. And then we've seen Colorado two straight unders and here's McKinnon talking about, we got to defend better. We got to defend harder uh, going into this game. But then you start to look at some of the head to heads here, uh, especially the games in Nashville. We've seen a lot of goals historically here at Bridgestone uh, between these two teams. 7-3, 5-3, 5-3, there was one under, 3-2 Colorado in overtime, but then a couple of 4-3 games uh, with uh, Colorado and Nashville the last two times they've played here in Music City, uh, both going over the total, both 4-3 finals. One was a Colorado win, the other was a Nashville win. Um, so 
I look at this and I kind of lean over, even though Nathan McKinnon's talking his talk there about we got to defend better. So I do lean a little bit to the small bet here over six and a half. I'm taking Nashville, though, plus 115. I've still got to see it from Colorado a little bit here as far as this getting things better and getting things, you know, getting their shit together on the road. Let's not forget the last road trip, Alex. They lose to Carolina, lose to Florida, lose to Tampa, lose to Detroit. The only wins on the road recently for Colorado, Washington and Chicago. That's it. And Nashville's playing with great confidence right now. And even I'm I'm buying in now. They're going to they're going to cool off. They're going to eventually lose Nashville. Uh, no question about that. But they just beat Colorado in this building back in November, four to three. Well, I remember that game vividly. They came from behind late to win it. So, you know, I'm riding the hot streak here and the win streak. Uh, Nashville at this price, plus 115. I know Colorado at the end of the day is the better team. No question. Doesn't always mean the better team wins. And right now, Nashville's got extreme confidence right now. Colorado's still got to show, prove it to me on the road against teams other than Chicago, let's be honest. So uh, <laughs> Nashville plus 115. Alex, what do you think here? Colorado, Nashville. Oh, not so fast, my friend. Colorado Avalanche at this cheaper of a price, and you mentioned how they struggled on the road. But playing a division team and a team that they have dominated and played well against for quite some time, uh, I got to go Colorado here. In the spot. All right, I, I we're head to head. This has been a while since this has happened. Believe it or not. Yeah, we. I think oh, we've. Wow. Had, I think this is the like maybe the fourth one we've had this season. But um, know, it doesn't happen yeah. much. Yeah, it doesn't happen much. But no, I, I like the abs at, at, at this cheap of a price. And I, you know, I'm not in the business of laying a lot of prices on, especially on sides. But like I said, I think this is like I said a, a stand and deliver moment for a team that we can trust long term. Okay, Nashville's playing good right now in current form. Uh, you know, and an earlier start kind of helps them as well too. There. They used to having these kind of early evening games, so there shouldn't be any kind of adjustment uh, in that aspect. But I think Colorado, they know they've been in this building before, right, in, in bigger spots. These two teams have played in the playoffs, and, and Colorado wiped the floor with Nashville. So if Colorado comes in focused, like I said, we've seen hearing those quotes from McKinnon, we know when this team focuses and really straps it on, goes out there and plays the style that they can play, they could dominate anybody in this league, especially Nashville. So uh, I'll leave the dollar 35 the ass. Hey, come on now. You see, that's not undefeated against me when he says not so fast, my friend. That's that can't be true. Actually, actually, I am three and zero against you this year. There you go. Wow. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, well, we're always due to snap the losing streak, but then again, uh, <laughs> like here, I'm going to be Arizona here in this game. I'm going to snap the losing streak here, <laughs> uh, with uh, this one. Yeah, I'm going to be the Coyotes here. Snap this losing streak with the head-to-head. Uh, 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 opposing viewpoints. So, uh, yeah, it's a, like I say, it's an interesting game. And uh, I just saw, you know what, Nashville's Nashville's playing really well. They're desperate uh, yeah. as well. Uh, they're definitely more desperate. They need the points more than Colorado does. That's for sure. But here it is. It's called Colorado. You don't get minus one thirty five every day, home or road. I, I understand that element of it for sure. Uh, it's going to be a good <laughs> good game, though. We'll see uh, how it uh, plays out. Uh, it looks like as far as. Uh, <coughs> God damn it, these cough. Uh, Georgiev and uh, Saros uh, looks like should be the goaltending matchup here. Uh, Georgiev for Colorado, Saros for uh, Nashville. Um, it expected, and Saros has been really good again these last few games. You know, Novak, Nyquist, Forsberg, Yossi, don't overthink it for Nashville. I want to say this. McKinnon's done huge damage against Colorado, against Nashville. So his props, so is McCarr. 
Have you looked at McCarr? He's had huge point production against Nashville. So this might be a Kale McCarr goal prop over one and a half points kind of day for Colorado, for Kale McCarr as well. And Zach Parise, the old man, how about two goals for him the other night? Uh, is that a sign he can do it again? But, you know, a little confidence now. Maybe take a couple bucks there, Zach Parise, uh, maybe to strike uh, again while the iron's hot for this Colorado team in what will probably be his final season uh, in the uh, National Hockey League before calling it a day. Uh, all right, uh, next up we've got, as we continue along, it looks like now we're getting into the 7 p.m. Eastern games, and this should be a good one, one of the games of the night, New York Rangers, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we've got the uh, Leafs minus 120 road or home favorites in this game at uh, Scotiabank Arena. Uh, the total in this one currently sitting at uh, six and a half shaded to the under uh, in this game. A uh, great matchup. This should be these, this is honestly two of the hottest teams in the NHL post all-star break uh, facing off here, the Rangers and the Leafs. Both of them have played outstanding hockey. Both of them have been on surges. Rangers are nine and one in their last 10 games. Leafs are eight and two uh, in their last 10 games. They bounced back from that loss to Vegas and that bad spot off the road trip, beating Arizona for two. Uh, the Rangers just keep on winning. They had that little trip up against Columbus uh, on a back-to-back after a slew of big-time games, and they bounced back to beat Columbus 4-1. They weren't great in that game, but Igor Shosturkin was great in that game uh, for the New York Rangers. Uh, it's going to be the battle of Russians as expected. We'll have Igor Shosturkin for the Rangers, Ilya Samsonov for the Toronto Maple Leafs in net. Both guys are in good form uh, right now as well in between the pipes here. Uh, but with these uh, two teams, um, this is more of a prop game for me. There's really nothing that I, I'm, that stands out. I do want to point out we've seen overs with these two teams head to head this year. Seven three for the Leafs at Madison Square Garden, uh, and then the Rangers return the favor, beating the Leafs in Toronto five two and uh, a week later. But both games went up and over the total. I kind of lean that way, but man, it's scary with Shesterkin in this zone that he's in right now. Very scary to bet an over, uh, but it's a series history play more than anything uh, for me, um, especially this year. We've seen high-scoring affairs between uh, these two teams. Toronto's kind of been trending over. The Rangers, though, you know, not so much. They've gone five straight under, and it's all due to the fact that Shesterkin's been a brick wall. So I can't say I love it, though. I can't say I love it. This is uh, the smallest bet amount that I would place on a game is what I'll have on this over. Because, look, one goal in each of the last four starts for allowed by uh, Igor Shesterkin. That's very, very good. Um, but, uh, I, just because of the series history, I just have the smallest of bets over and anything else I like in this game is going to be mostly uh player prop type of stuff. You know, this game too, I mean, you could make a case for the draw, but we just haven't seen a ton of them lately from uh, head to head or lately from either of these uh, two teams in the last like five or six. So, uh, I'm not on the draw here uh, in this one. Like I said, most of the props and I'll get to them in a moment are props. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Good matchup, New York Rangers, Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, I think, you know, yeah, they said two hot teams, uh, two teams that have been, you know, playing much better defensively. This game screams draw to me, but the thing is, I don't know if it's going to be 2-2 after 60 or 5-5 after 60. So I, I give you your, you know, kind of hesitation there with the, with the overs. Historically, it makes sense. And, and this does feel like it could be one of those games where, like I said, it's a playoff type atmosphere, but that doesn't necessarily mean it just goes to a standstill and it's a one on one contest. We could see some goals here both ways. So I'm staying away from a side. I'm staying away from the total. I just have a little bit of the draw in pocket. All right. Good stuff. A little bit of the draw here for uh, Alex with the Rangers and the Leafs for props uh, in, <laughs> excuse me, in this game. Uh, there are a few uh, for the Rangers. 
I'm a stubborn bastard sometimes, and I'm going to be that way with Kako uh, on the top line. I know he hasn't produced, but he's up there with Zabana, Jad, and Kreider. You hope eventually it's going to break for him at some point. Uh, we will see. By the way, I'm looking at the lineup combinations. I'm seeing Reeves on the fourth line for the Leafs, Matt Rempe on the fourth line for the Rangers. Will we see them duke it out tonight? We know everyone wants to see it. Yeah. Um, although I will say this, he's got a massive fucking shiner right now, Matt Rempe. Uh, and they, the picture of him was pretty much all over Twitter the last couple days. Does that maybe, you know, get him to, you know, reel back a little bit, but I know one thing, regardless of that, look, the, the face uh, a little bit mangled right now, he desperately, I think deep down inside wants to challenge himself against Ryan Reeves. Cause he knows Ryan Reeves has been the penultimate heavyweight. Uh, in the NHL for the last few years. And we saw what he did, by the way. He finally got in a fight, Ryan Reeves, the other night against yeah. Arizona. Maybe he was tuning up for Rempe coming to town. But he <laughs> fought Liam O'Brien, and Liam O'Brien's no one to fuck with either. He's very tough. And man, Reeves just took him apart and got him got the takedown, won that fight clearly. Tells you how dangerous Ryan Reeves is. But we all want to see it. The question is, will we see it tonight? But, uh, yeah, should be something. You know what's interesting about that too? I don't know. Like I said, I, you know, I, I try to catch a lot of other programs, NHL Network, and different things. And there were all these old former players, right? Tough, tough old '90s guys, tough old 2000s guys who were saying that you know the guys in the locker room need to tell Rimpy to calm down. He doesn't have to go out there and fight every night. And I'm like, I'm I'm rolling my eyes and just like you got to be fucking kidding me, right? This kid's in the prime you know, of of his life and in his youth and his age. Okay, we haven't seen him take any massive brain blows. Yes, he got uh, worked over by, uh, you know, Olivia the other night with the Shiner. That's no reason to not fight another guy, especially when you're trying to establish yourself in this league as just being one of the tough guys in, in this league. You want to take out the best, all right? To be the man, you got to beat the man. And Ryan Reeves, despite his lack of, uh, you know, uh, uh, fisticuffs in the last couple of years, is still one of the top and, and regarded as one of the most feared fighters in this league during this time, during this last decade, you got to drop your gloves against him and, and establish that dominance. If you want to be that guy moving forward, you got to take out the King. So uh, I really do hope we see Reeves and Rempe. I think that's going to give a lot of momentum. And that's something that you want to keep an eye on too. You're betting this game live. Who wins that fight might bring some momentum toward that side's team. This is this is one of those kind of battles. You can't can't always say that with a fight nowadays. Next goal prop, like, whoever's to you, whoever wins exactly. the fight, right? If Reeves wins the exactly. fight, next goal Toronto. If Rempe gets the better of it, next goal Rangers. I will most likely be giving that out on Twitter, and I'll be because I'll be watching this game. This will be one of the one of the games on my TV, and I'll be looking for that. And that's something that I more than likely will be firing for. Yeah, don't underestimate the power of how a, a, one of the players on your team gets in a fight and they win it, and maybe win it decisively, how that can really stimulate and energize a team in a bench. It, I've seen it happen before many times, and this goes back 30 years, and I've been watching hockey now for over 30 years. So uh, there is no question that uh, it can definitely uh, stimulate and motivate a team and get them going You know, when a, one of their teammates wins a fight. So keep that in mind. As far as goal props, Matthew Nyes has been great lately. Finally scored the other night with Matthews and Marner. I think there's value. You got to bet Bertuzzi. He's scoring every game. You just got to keep rolling with Tyler Bertuzzi right now uh, with Domi and Nylander. He's been great uh, for them. No question about that. Um, those are the main two I would be looking at as far as our props. It looks like Ilya Labushkin is with the Leafs already and about to make his debut, that trade that they made the other night with Anaheim. Labushkin back with the Leafs, and it looks like he'll be in the lineup because, again, Giordano's out. 
probably for long term with that collision he took against Arizona. It's a head issue. It's a concussion symptom type of issue for him. And that's unfortunate because I'm starting to think this is the end of the road for Giordano. I think this is probably going to be his last season. You know, he's in his 40s now. He's had an injury-plagued season. He slowed down in terms of his ability in the defensive zone a little bit at this stage of his career. So starting to look like this could be the final season for a guy that's had, obviously, a terrific career uh, in uh, Mark Giordano for this uh, Leaf team. We'll see how long he's out. Uh, Vegas and Buffalo. We've got – how about the respect for Buffalo here? Vegas opened a minus-120 road favorite, and the money's come in on the suddenly red-hot Buffalo Sabres here. Uh, minus 110 both sides, six the total uh, here uh, in this game, uh, Golden Knights and Sabres. Vegas continues this road trip. Uh, it's a road trip that started in Toronto, 6-2 win. Wild game against Boston. They lose 5-4 uh, in that game. They get themselves down 3 nothing. but credit the fight that they showed. There's no question about that. Uh, they did, and you got to give them credit for that, no question. But uh, they definitely have... Um, They've definitely had their defensive foundation, you know, crumble just a bit, Vegas, here the last few games. Because if you go back and you look during this little slide that they're on, which is what, two and six they are in the last eight games, you know, they gave up five, three. They did shut out San Jose, but that's not saying much. But they gave up five to Minnesota, three to Carolina, five to Nashville, seven to Toronto, four to Ottawa. They did give up just two to Toronto. That was a better game. And then they give up the five to Boston. So that's some issues right now as far as defending. Uh, is concerned at a consistent level uh, entering this game. Buffalo, meanwhile, this is one of their better runs that they've put together four and one in their last five games. They had a three-game win streak. They gave Florida a very good Panthers team, everything they could handle, losing 3-2, and then a 3-2 overtime win against Tampa Bay the other night. We'll see how they fare here in this game. You know, Buffalo actually has beaten uh, Vegas each of the last two meetings. Now, both of those were in Vegas, including earlier this year, back in December. Uh, we saw Buffalo win 5-2 uh, at Vegas. We'll see if Vegas can bounce back. Vegas has uh, actually had trouble in Buffalo in their history. Buffalo is 3-1 and one in the last four meetings here in Buffalo between the Golden Knights and the Sabres. So, I don't know. This, to me, looks dirt cheap on Vegas. Awful loss. That's usually a spot where I want to back the better team, but their game's not where it needs to be right now and not where it should be, especially defensively. What I prefer more, I lean Vegas off a loss, but I don't know if I'm going to get there. I'm respecting what Buffalo's done here these last few games. What I do like in this game is the first period over, especially Vegas has been rolling in that department uh, lately (laughs) as far as first period overs are concerned. Uh, I definitely like that. Little both teams to score. Buffalo has been an under team, especially lately. Uh, Five straight unders. But again, you look at head-to-head, five, (laughs) especially in Buffalo. You know, we've seen some goals. We saw 7-4 Vegas last year when they made the trip to Buffalo, flew over the total. So I'm going to go with a little over trifecta here in this one uh, with uh, over one and a half over both teams and over six. I mean, Vegas is just not the defensive team right now that they eventually will be, but right now uh, they aren't uh, at this point in time. They're struggling a bit with coverage in their own zone, and it's really weird to explain it because they've got their entire blue line finally healthy, but right now they're just struggling a little bit. Same with the goaltending. You know, it's been a bit of a rough patch for Aiden Hill. Uh, and will we see Aiden Hill tonight is the question uh, for Vegas, or are they going to give Logan Thompson a start? looks like it is Logan Thompson tonight. Yeah. They're going to give him uh, an opportunity. And, of course, for Buffalo, once again, it's going to be Ukopekalukin and pick a pack of pickle peppers. UPL has been very good lately for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. That being said, I like first period over and a little full game over as well. Alex, what do you think, Vegas-Buffalo? 
Yeah, I like the over trifecta in, in this game. And, you know, looking at, of course, this is the Brian Blessing classic that I was thinking about, thinking about him with these two teams, Buffalo and Vegas. Uh, I think we're going to see some goals here early and often in this contest. And, you know, and so Cheshire in the chat saying, oh, so why would, uh, why is this line the dollar 10? Like I said, Buffalo's dominated uh, against Vegas, especially at home. I don't know if Knights eating a few too many wings when they get up there or what have you, but uh, this definitely feels like a game where first period over has been solid with Vegas. You only land a cheap price here, minus $1.25. We got a six at minus $1.10 with the full game over. And I'll take a little sprinkle. It's not my favorite. Uh, both teams to score, but I will have some of that in pocket along with that first period over. So uh, I just like goals here. You know, Buffalo's have been playing well. Vegas needing to bounce back against the team. If I had to take a side, it would be toward Vegas, but I like goals here a little bit more. So staying off of the sides, don't like to draw anything. Of course, if this was uh, Jack Eichel healthy, I'm sure many of us would be on yeah. Jack Eichel props going back to Buffalo. Yeah. He's always done damage here. Uh, against the Sabres when he's returned back to Buffalo. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen tonight because he's out long-term still uh, due to injury, although I think he's slowly cl getting closer to a return. It's just not going to happen tonight. Uh, Amadio, Stevenson, uh, Wah, uh, these are the guys I would target right now for Vegas. They have been pretty good lately the last few games uh, contributing for this uh, Vegas team. Um, on the Buffalo side, you know, uh, Turk I've mentioned, um, uh, Dylan Cousins, I think, might be starting to heat up a little bit. So uh, not the game I have the most uh, uh, strongest prop opinions, but those are a couple that I'm probably going to be looking at here in this game tonight with the Golden Knights and the Sabres. All right, next up, we've got Montreal-Tampa Bay uh, in this uh, matchup in the Atlantic Division. Uh, Tampa Bay, minus 265. Wow. Who's laying that right now with this bunch? Not me. Uh, 265. For uh, Tampa Bay as home favorites, uh, and the total right now sitting at uh, six and a half, uh, shaded to the over in this game. I'm going to do it. You got to take some shots and swing for the fences every now and then. Give me Montreal and give me the draw in this game. Dog and draw split, baby. This Tampa Bay team can't be laying minus 265. And if you're laying Tampa Bay minus 265 or you're taking them in any fashion, it's because you're saying that they're due. They're due for a win. They're due for a good performance. They're due to finally kick someone's tail and get back on track and maybe blow out a team that Montreal, who is a team that can be blown out. You know, we saw them lose on the road to the Rangers seven to four. But other than that, look at these recent games from them. One goal loss to Washington, one goal loss to Buffalo, one goal loss at New Jersey. They beat Arizona the, earlier this week. They give Florida a hell of a game. They played Florida pretty much even the other night. Lost in a shootout 4-3 uh, to the Florida Panthers in that game. You have seen the Montreal Canadiens either win or lose by one goal in five of their last six games. So if you're a little bit shaky and a little bit hesitant on the money line, this could be one of those games where you take the plus one and a half at a, at a reasonable minus 110 uh, on the puck line here for Montreal. And I might do that. I might do that. I might split it up plus one and a half, minus 110 Montreal, and then that uh, money line here, plus 215 uh, in this game, and a little bit on the draw as well. We did see Montreal take the other Florida team, the better Florida team right now, the Florida Panthers, uh, to a shootout in the last game. So dog, draw, and what I'm going to do with the Montreal uh, bets is I'm going to split it up with plus one and a half puck line and the money line here, plus 215 in this one. Very simple. Tampa's not 
playing to the form of a minus 265 favorite. It's that simple right now. He is, they are not. And Marty San Luis returned to Tampa. You don't think the players are going to get galvanized for him back to Tampa where he had that legendary playing career uh, there with the Lightning? Um, now, they haven't played well in Tampa, as Aaron says, but Tampa was in better form in a lot of those games than they are right now. The last week has been an unmitigated disaster for the Tampa Bay Lightning, what's happening. They blow a lead to Buffalo, which is bad. They get shellacked by Philly. Yeah, they won two on the road against the inconsistent Islanders and the Devils. I've said all week I was never impressed with that. They've been bad at home. All of a sudden, Amelie Arena is turning into this problem for them. They've been such a dominant home team all year. They're now on a four-game home losing streak. Florida, Ottawa, Washington, and Buffalo. Four straight home losses for this team laying this price in weak form and some confidence shattered right now in Vasilevsky, who has looked ordinary uh, in recent starts. Yeah, I got no problem. Win, or lo- win, lose, or draw, which hopefully the latter does happen. Um, I got no problem taking Montreal here at this price with this Tampa team in their form right now. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Canadians lightning. Yeah, this is a pass for me because uh, I can't back Montreal in this spot, especially looking at the series history. Uh, and I get the, the claim you're making. Yeah, no reason for Tampa Bay to be laying 265 against uh, any team right now at home. I, I agree with that. I can't even make a case for Tampa Bay's team total. You have to go four even at MGM minus a dollar five. I don't really like that much too. So this is a clear pass for me in a big card. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. This is kind of one of those games like we talked about yesterday. You have no confidence in the favorite, but doesn't mean you have to be on the dog uh, either uh, in a game like this. Um, Maybe a live first period overlook because that, that is something that's trended uh, historically in this series. But even outside of that, that's, that's not something I'd be crazy about. I'd say it'd be live, and I'd try to maybe hope for plus money. So, Yeah, usually, Poe Buddy, they play better at home. Tampa Bay, not lately, though. Four straight uh, home losses for them. Now, Primo's a big X factor here. How's he going to play? Because we sometimes don't know what we're going to get uh, from Caden Primo one start to the next. He did shut out Anaheim, which was impressive, and he did uh, give up just three goals to Pittsburgh. He gave up um, two goals to Philly. He's had some better starts lately. He's a big X factor. What are you going to get from him? I get it, um, but at this price, I'm okay taking a shot here with uh, Montreal in this price, which as far as props go uh, in this game, uh, Slavkovsky scored the other night. I'd look in that direction. I'll throw another one out there. He might start to get things going because he's up on the top six forward group right now. Alex Newhook, he's got points in back-to-back games. He scored against Florida. You know, Alex Newhook might be a decent pl- prop look here for Montreal as well uh, in this game. And then for Tampa Bay, I know Terry's been on the Brandon Hagel Express with the point props for him. Uh, I could see it for sure. AC Mont and Mitchell Chafee. Now on the second line for this team right now with uh, Sorelli. So might be a little value on those two players uh, around Sorelli on the second line there for the uh, Lightning as far as props go in this uh, game tonight. All right, next up, we've got Ottawa and Philadelphia. This is back-to-back, of course, for both of these teams. They were in action last night. Uh, Philadelphia minus 130, home favorites. Uh, the total in this game, uh, six and a half shaded to the over. Um, I'm going to give... Philly another chance tonight, even though they broke my heart last night. I do like them minus 130 because I think Ottawa's in even worse shape. This has been a horrible week for the Ottawa Senators. I don't know if they're going to get it back on track. That might have been the final knockout punch last night, losing to the lowly Arizona Coyotes who had lost 14 straight games. They go into your barn and they snap the losing streak at your expense. That's a slap in the face right there to the Ottawa Senators. I don't know if they bounce back from that, quite honestly. And now Corpusalo, 
you know, late scratch last night. So they had to go to Anton Forsberg in net. And now they got to call up Mad Sogard from uh, Belleville, the AHL, and he's going to be in uh, net tonight. You want to back Mad Sogard and that wonderful, sparkling 5.09 goals against average and 825 save percentage here for the uh, Ottawa Senators in this game and back a team that might be without as well. Um, actually, I do think Kachuk's fine. Kachuk was a little bit banged up, but it looks like he is fine. Yeah, he is going to play, so he's a tough son of a gun. And give that guy credit. His team has just been a an unfortunately disappointing year, dismal disappointing year, and this guy just still refuses to come out of the lineup with any sort of injury. That's 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 a good job by him. I give him credit for that. Shabbat's banged up. Uh, Forsberg and Forsberg's out too now. You know, it's funny. Corpusalo, Forsberg's come in. Forsberg then suffered an injury, uh, you know, in the loss. And so he didn't even come with the team, you know, with uh, yesterday uh, to Philadelphia. So it's Mad so <laughs> Mad Sogard tonight. And neither of the other goalies are available, Corpusalo or Sogard. So it's e-bug time. Or no, it's not. It's they called up Levi Marilinen. Marilinen, yeah. Marilinen's been called up here for uh, Ottawa from uh, Belleville as well. So basically two goalies from Belleville have been called up. And um, neither one has good numbers down there, by the way. Uh, so I like Philly here, minus 130. I like Philly team total over uh, as well in this game. In fact, I feel better about the team total than I do the minus one. Th- I'll split it up between the two. But the one thing that concerns me for Philly is, well, what I saw from them defensively against Washington with mistakes and turnovers, bad line changes and all that. And what also concerns me is now with, I'm trying to think the, uh, Peterson was put on waivers. He can't play. It was the right decision. But now it's left Philly scrambling for who's going to back up Samuel Erson right now uh, because he, it's a back-to-back. You're not going to see Erson. You're likely going to see Felix Sandstrom start tonight. He's been called up from Lehigh Valley. And if you look at Felix Sandstrom's numbers down there, they're not that great. They're average. They're okay. They're not great. Felix Sandstrom, 3.23 goals against average. 882 save percentage in the AHL this season for him. And he's likely to start tonight because it's a back-to-back. I don't think Torts is going to put Erson in for back-to-back games. It hasn't been confirmed yet, so wait on this. But if Sandstrom's in instead of Erson, I'm freaking adding the over trifecta in this game too. Uh, first period over, first period both teams to score, and full game over. I am adding that 100% if indeed it is Felix Sandstrom in net, because those numbers at the AHL are scary now coming to the NHL level. And he's played in the NHL before for the Flyers. We've seen him start a handful of games. He got 20 games last year, five games the year before, but the numbers even in those two years, you know, 3.23 goals against two seasons ago, last year, 20 games played, um, 3.72 goals against 880 save percentage uh, at the NHL level for Felix Sandstrom. So, that's not exactly great numbers that give you confidence in him at the NHL level. So right now, I've already taken Philly and team total over on Philly. If I see Sandstrom confirmed, I'm jumping in on the over trifecta too. Over one and a half, both teams to score first period and also full game over. Because this is shockingly shady goaltending on both sides if we see Sogard Sandstrom as the matchup. And there's a very real possibility that is the matchup tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Ottawa, Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, give me the over trifecta. You just named off a bunch of bombs. Levi Marilane and uh, Mag Sogar, Felix Sandstrom, all AHL scrubs. Uh, give me goals all night. So uh, first period over, 
Uh, lay a dollar forty at FanDuel. That's the only place to get that pregame because everywhere else is 150, 155, 160s. So if you can't get it at FanDuel, wait and grab that in game. Full game over six and a half minus a dollar twenty, and both teams to score plus one sixty, which I'm trying to bet, and one place won't let me do it. So uh, over trifecta for me. So I'll give you guys the choice because both of these teams played last night. They both lost, and you have to ask yourself who's stepping up tonight. Do you trust Torts? To get his team revved up after a bad game last night for a team that still had a pretty good season, definitely surpassed expectations in a playoff spot? Or do you trust Jacques Martin and this makeshift coaching staff that isn't going to probably even be there next year to fire up a team that their season ended long ago and just coming off a loss at home to the lowly Arizona Coyotes that lost 14 in a row? You make the decision which team and which coaching staff you trust to get their team fired up for a bounce-back performance tonight. I know which one I trust, and it ain't the road team. Uh, all right, next up, uh, we've got, uh, as we continue along here, uh, uh, by the way, some props in that game. A lot of the props I mentioned on Philly yesterday go back to the well. Even with Sanheim, Sanheim didn't do much, but a lot of Sanheim's production has been at home. Goal prop, huge price, uh, over points. You can go in that direction. Um, certainly uh, Tyson Forster, we've talked about him. Tippett uh, got going last night. The, the Bobby Brink is up in the lineup. He scored last night, so there's some good options for Philly. For Ottawa, Batherson, Pinto, they have been the main cogs lately for the Ottawa Senators offensively, so those would be the uh, players that I would be targeting first and foremost here with the uh, Sens and the Flyers. All right, next up, we've got the uh, Boston Bruins taking on the New York Islanders. Uh, It is uh, Boston minus 125 road favorites uh, and the total uh, in this one. Uh, five and a half shaded to the over. Now, you know, this is the bumper stumper spot. And we've talked about the bumper stumper situations uh, throughout my uh, tenure, our tenure here doing the Ice Guys show. What the bumper stumper spot is, is when I'm riding a certain streak, streak comes to an end like it did the other night. And you got to ask yourself, do you jump off the streak now that it lost? Or do you do it like bumper stumper style and the legendary Al Dubois? who hosted that show here in Canada, where he always said, and it was best two out of three. And after you lost the first bumper stumpers head to head, he would always say on the bumper stumper show, but you're not out until you lose two. And that's my thought process here. I'm not out on Boston Bruins draw uh, until I lose two. And I'm coming right back to it. How can we not here? I mean, I know the six game, the six game draw streak got snapped against Vegas narrowly. I might add, uh, five four. It's not like we were. It's not like it was a six to one game. You know, we one goal v- decision and that close to another draw involving the Boston Bruins. Uh, yeah, we're coming right back to it here. The draw one more time with the Bruins who have six and one uh, to the draw in the last seven games. Six of their last seven going past regulation, and of course, draw Island, the Thailanders. How can you not uh, here in this game uh, look at a draw? I also like the over here, five and a half. Five and a halfs right now with Boston. Alex, this is going to be something we're going to take advantage of. Jimmy Murphy was with us on Beantown Friday. He said it. Their defensive game is not on point right now. They're 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 giving up good chances. I don't think Allmark in particular, and also to a certain extent, Swayman have been at their at their best in net lately. Their penalty kill has not nearly been as sharp lately. They've been giving up more goals, and more importantly, they've been blowing leads. They've been blowing leads like crazy. Hell, it happened against Vegas the other night. I know they hung on and they won 5-4, but they were up 3-0 after the first period. Next thing you know, in the third period, it's 4-4. 
This team does have issues in their own end right now. They are struggling more than we are accustomed to seeing the Boston Bruins struggling defensively at the moment. And so putting their games now with a total of five and a half to me is just a little too light with what we've seen from this Bruins team defensively here uh, in recent games. They get a lead and they're not holding the leads right now. They blew the lead to Vegas, albeit they survived and won. They blew a lead to Seattle. They blew a lead to Vancouver. They blew a lead to Calgary. I mean, it that's been a big problem for them lately. And they've also been starting to trend over the total as a result. They enter tonight six or five and two to the over, or sorry, six and two uh, to the over uh, in their last eight games coming into this game. Um, the Islanders, not always an over type of team, but they did score five against Detroit. It went over the total. And this has actually been a, Series history, believe it or not, Bruins and Islanders. Bruins have won six straight. Five of those six games have gone over the total. Five and one to the over the last six at dead meetings. So draw and over five and a half for me here, Bruins and Islanders. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Boston Bruins, New York Islanders. Yeah, I like the the draw. Uh, and like I said, obviously coming right back to this draw, considering there was just one loss off of the streak and against the Islanders. So I couldn't, couldn't line that up any better. Uh, but also liking the over, not the track factor. I don't like both teams to score, even though it's plus 188, plus 190. But I do like first period over and full game over. So first period over, one and a half, you get as low as a dollar eight. Uh, I'm seeing that uh, FanDuel and Bet Online, a dollar 11 as what I got at Bet Online for the over five and a half. All right. Like it. Like I say, these five and a halfs right now with the Bruins. Uh, not the, not the Bruins that oh, you're always leery of. Under, 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 even at five and a half. Not right now. Not with what they have been showing defensively. A consistent pattern of getting a lead and not holding it. And when you're blowing leads, that's not a recipe for unders. Uh, and we are seeing that lately for the uh, Boston Bruins, for sure. As far as props go, Charlie Coyle uh, definitely could look in that direction. Morgan Geeky, you have to bet him. Uh, he is he's uh, hotter than a pistol right now. For the uh, for the Boston Bruins, uh, hat trick against Vegas, four points in the last three games. Uh, he's been noticeable, uh, and he's been uh, always had a bunch of chances. So, uh, no question, I think uh, it's a situation uh, that Morgan Geeky definitely has some value here as far as his props are concerned. I'm not going to overthink it or overcomplicate it for the Islanders. If you're going to bet props with them, it starts with uh, Brock Nelson right now. Uh, it's uh, not Brocktober like it was earlier this year, but. He is doing his part to try to help this team into the playoffs offensively. Uh, five goals uh, in the last six games for Brock. And by the way, he's had multi-point games for the Islanders in three of the last six. So maybe a little over one and a half point sprinkle on Brock Nelson might be uh, something to consider here in this game for the uh, New York Islanders tonight because he has definitely been uh, the, the straw that stirs the drink offensively uh, in recent uh, games here for this uh, New York <coughs> score. <coughs> excuse me, this New York Islanders team. Bo Horvat, uh, to a lesser extent, although he did have a three-game goal the drought, then he scored against Dallas, didn't score the other night, but the main one for me is Brock Nelson. He's the guy right now for the uh, New York Islanders, and he's been the guy uh, that's been getting it done for them at the offensive end for a few games now. All right, next up, we've got San Jose <laughs> and Dallas. We might have to wait again for the Chris Tanev debut. Uh, he's trying to get to Dallas in time for this game tonight, but it's looking more like it'll be Tuesday night. He'll meet the team out in uh, California, the Bay Area, when these two teams play the back end of the home-and-home home series uh, between these two teams. How about Dallas now? They are as high as minus 600 
as home favorites uh, in this game against the uh, San Jose Sharks. Six and a half being the uh, total in this game. Look at that price. Even just seeing it on the screen now. Um, wow. Um, but you understand why. I mean, San Jose, it's uh, back to the uh, lowly, woe-begotten San Jose Sharks again. Has this team won since the All-Star break? No, they have not. 4-2 against Nashville, 7-2 against New Jersey where Blackwood got injured and they crumbled, and then a 6-4 loss to Anaheim uh, after that. So it has not been pretty uh, here for this uh, San Jose team. Dallas coming off a 4-1 win against uh, Winnipeg. I do want to point out something, though, that's a little concerning. San Jose, crazy as it is to say, is 5-3 and three in the last eight meetings against Dallas. And they've actually they actually won here in Dallas, uh, one of the two meet visits they took here last year, 5-4. And then in San Jose last year, they won 5-3. So they actually won two of the three meetings last year. But this is completely different. San Jose is not a team I'm to me is backable right now, even at this price, uh, with what I've seen from them after the all-star break, and especially what I've seen from the goaltending uh right now. And uh what we're what how about this too tonight? I'm just seeing it now. Jake Ottinger's you would expect in net, but we've got back in back in net for San Jose. I believe he started one game. And it was a game where he uh, won game, two games and he's given up eight goals at the NHL level on 29 shots, 9.41 goals against 724 save percentage. We've got when you're going to give me some time, Corona, Magnus Corona uh, is going to be the uh, netminder. It looks like tonight for the San Jose Sharks. Yes, Magnus Corona is going to be the uh, starting goaltender for San Jose. And he enters this game albeit a small sample size, two appearances, one start, but 9.41 goals against average, 724 save percentage for Magnus Krona at the NHL level coming into tonight. That's about as now, again, it's a very, very small sample size. We'll give this kid a little break. He's from that beautiful little town of Skelleftia uh, in Sweden. Uh, good kid, I'm sure. But my goodness, that is uh, unsightly. Those numbers, albeit in very limited sample size, I'm going to look at what he's done this year. And this guy has even been in the ECHL with Wichita Thunder this year. 940 save percentage, 2.94 goals against down there, which is actually pretty solid. But that's ECHL. So the third division, if you will, compared to the NHL at the with the mm, Barracuda, with the San Jose Barracuda this year, 3.5. One goals against average, uh, 892 save percentage. That's bad. That's not what you want to see. Now, that's a bad AHL team, too. The eight, the funny thing about San Jose hockey right now, the Barracuda are just as bad as the Sharks, just about. Yeah. Like, they are dead last in their division in the AHL, the San Jose Barracuda. And Krona's numbers down there are 3.51 goals against, 892 save percentage. That is not a goalie I trust to shut the door with this horrible team right now that's given up goals left and right in front of them. What do we see them give up six to Anaheim, seven to Jersey uh, in their last two games? This is, for me, a team total over in the first period for the Dallas Stars. Jump on this kid early. Don't give Santa. Don't do this Dallas shit. And Matt Robinson, you know it very well that they let these bad teams get on the board early. Let them have some life. Let them have a little confidence, a belief that maybe they can hang around. If you're Dallas, no, shut that down. And jump on this kid who's been shelled in his brief NHL appearances. Uh, the price isn't great. It's like plus one thirty or so with a with a San Jose 
or sorry, with a Dallas first period team total. You're not getting as good of a price with that as you normally would. But if you're Dallas, you got to come out here and leave no doubts. You know, that you are a Stanley Cup contender, and this is one of the worst teams and one of the worst probably situations goaltending-wise right now in the NHL for them. Leave no doubt. Come out strong. None of this bullshit where you're letting the team hang around. Actually, at Bet365, the price is a little bit better. Dallas team total over one and a half first period is plus 150 uh, at Bet365. So that's good. That's actually a pretty solid price. Not as good as sometimes you get with the first period team total, but that's what I'm going to look at. I wouldn't talk anyone out of the full game team total over four and a half either, but I prefer the first period here. Dallas gets the lead. They got Ottinger and Nets sit on it maybe if they get up 2-3-0 in the first period uh, and then cruise home to victory from that point on. So I definitely prefer the first period team total, especially with the price you're getting, plus 150 for the Dallas Stars here tonight. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? San Jose, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas Stars team total over four and a half uh, at plus 115. They could probably get all five goals on Krona in the first period. Let's just look at the deep dive of his numbers, as you mentioned. Let's go back to him in college. He played four years at the University of Denver. Now, if you watch college hockey, University of Denver, not known for a lot of scoring, okay? They pretty much played. We're going to pull up his whole fucking life history and the goaltending history right here. Yeah, yeah deep dive but time. Yeah. He, he has great numbers his junior and senior year in the University of Denver, but Denver played the same style of hockey as the New Jersey Devils in the 1990s. Okay, a lot of trap, a lot of low and slow hockey. So this guy didn't face a ton of rubber. Now he's in the professional ranks, 5-13-4 with the Barracuda. They said a couple of bad games, even with the Wichita Thunder in the ECHL. Didn't look good the one uh, appearance he had here in the NHL. I don't think this guy has it, but he's still young. We give him some time. He needs more, more seasoning, more development, but he's about to go into the lion's den. He's going to get ripped to shreds. So Dallas team total over four and a half, uh, plus 115. If this kid makes it out of the first period, I'll, I'll be amazed. There you go. Uh, we don't have, we're not buying stock in Magnus Krona tonight, clearly, uh, for the San Jose Sharks uh, going into this game tonight. I, I definitely wouldn't talk you out of the uh, over four and a half in the full game, but uh, I even like that first period, like I said, even more over one and a half plus 150 uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars. Like just jump on them early, you know, and uh, jump on the San Jose team early and don't let them hang around. You know, you could even argue too that I probably will bet the first period over as well. Just because, you know, obviously if Dallas scores two goals, the first period over cashes. But just in case Dallas does their bullshit again with uh, letting this bad, inferior teams just get an early goal. I mean, that's been such an issue at times this year for this Dallas team. I hope not tonight. It shouldn't happen tonight, but it has happened a lot. Uh, no question. And Logan Stankoven looks like he's going to play. And because he's going to play, you got to bet the goal prop. This kid has been outstanding. He's got immediate chemistry with Wyatt Johnston on that line, and you are still getting him undervalued as well. Now, they had to send him down for cap reasons, but he's been brought back up. It looks like he's in the lineup tonight with, and look, at they've actually put him with uh, Duchesne and Marchment. Uh, the, at least the current line combinations have him on the second line with Duchesne and Marchment with Sagan out. So he's taking the Sagan spot uh, on that second line for the uh, Dallas Stars. Taking a look at the price. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Plus 280. Oh man, this is a steep adjustment. It's not even bargain bin price yep. material, but still a good bet, plus two eighty. And if you like any Dallas Stars players, I would implore maybe grabbing a little piece of first goal with anybody. Marchment, Stankoven, whomever you like. And I'm looking at plus nine hundred for Stankoven, plus twelve hundred for Marchment. So 
I might have a few shots at a uh, first goal in pocket with a couple of stars players. And Joe Pavelski for sure. Joe, I'm actually going to sprinkle on Joe Pavelski two yeah. goals tonight mm-hmm. as well his against old his team. old team, San Jose. Yeah. Played most of his career there. Uh, I could see this being a Joe Pavelski type of night uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars. Good angle there against uh, San Jose. Uh, and he got a goal and an assist against Winnipeg. It was one of his better games in some time uh, for the uh, Sharks. And look, he's 39 years old. He is you know, slowing down a little bit, but he's still 21 goals and on pace to come close to matching what he did last year uh, in the regular season. And keep in mind, this is always a guy that his best work is in the playoffs year in and year out. So uh, keep that in mind. There's no doubt. Uh, and Pavelski, to me, I like the uh, look of him maybe getting a, on the uh, board tonight against his old team. All right, next up, Columbus, Chicago. Uh, Blue Jackets around minus 145 to minus 150. Uh, road favorites in this game. Six the total shaded to the uh, over in this game. You know, we thought maybe Bedard being back could spark an awesome offense for Chicago. It hasn't happened consistently, unfortunately, for them. We'll see if tonight can be the night because – I'll say this with Chicago here. Um, they have faced a pretty rigorous schedule, one good team after another, especially the last five. Actually, you go back even further. The Pittsburgh game was probably the in Ottawa were the two weaker opponents. But the last 10 games, they played Minnesota, Rangers, Canucks. Pittsburgh, Ottawa, you can throw those out. Those are lesser opponents a little bit. And they did beat Ottawa. That was the one win. Carolina, Philadelphia, Winnipeg, Detroit, Colorado. That's pretty tough. Okay, that's very, very difficult, that schedule for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Now they take on this Columbus Blue Jackets team tonight. This is about, you know, one of the weaker opponents they've faced in some time. Uh, Columbus team that's lost two in a row against the Rangers and the Hurricanes. Columbus team that's just got nine road wins, nine and 20 uh, on the road this season. You know, Chicago still has more home wins, 11, uh, than clearly they do on the road and more home wins than Columbus has road wins. I'm, I'm taking Chicago here. Got uh, It's tough. I get it. It's very difficult. Um, but this is just Columbus minus 145 here uh, with Chicago. This being the probably the weakest team, the worst team they've played. And sometimes that's the one thing about Chicago during this bad run. They have faced a very tough strength of schedule. Very, very tough. And now, finally, tonight, they can take a little step down in class. The only concern I would have is, are we going to see Soderblom in net? And even with Soderblom in net, I'd still take a shot at this price. Merzlikens will be in net for Columbus. This, to me, is just, if Soderblom's in net, I will add some overs in play here as well. Uh, More so full game over uh, than anything here, uh, because we've seen a lot of Chicago games not open up till the second period lately. They're actually first period unders lately. And second second period over, by the way, has been very good for Chicago lately. If you look at Chris Otto's charts, it's the second period that's had most of the goals lately uh, in Chicago games. Keep that in mind. So uh, this is not a game where I want the first period totals. I'm looking just at over six uh, in this game. It opens up later. I will add that if Soderblom's in. And even if he is in, I'm, I'm going to take a small shot with Chicago here, plus 125. Even with him in net, and he can be bad. He can be a sieve. We all know that. This is a step down in class for Chicago. They have faced a murderer's row schedule, okay? They have faced a lot of good teams, and this is as e- uh, weaker as it gets for them during this span. And I think after seeing Bedard pissed off, seeing the, the building completely lifeless the other night, I think you owe it to Bedard and the fans that are going to be there tonight to have a little better showing than that, what we saw against Colorado, albeit a very good Colorado team. So I'm going to take that shot with the Blackhawks here. 
but we'll add the over most likely, and definitely will if Soderblom's in net, and it's looking like he might be. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Columbus, Chicago. Uh, well, you know I'm not backing the Hawks with Soderblom in net, and uh, especially we were talking before the show aired, we were looking at the different line changes and elephant hands, Ryan Donato being bumped back up to the top line, and I got to hear the whole thing. There's a little five-minute blurb on, on Twitter. I retweeted it uh, with Luke Richardson, and he's kind of just – talking X's and O's with some of the reporters. And he mentioned about how he likes having guys like Felino and guys like Donato hanging around the front of the net looking for rebounds. Okay, that's fine. But you got to have other people fucking shoot the puck first before you can even get a rebound. You can't have eight fucking passes going around. And Nick Felino, who, listen, I love the guy. I still believe he should be the captain of the team. But he's a fourth liner who skates like molasses. You can't have him skating around in circles missing passes you can't have ryan donato missing clean passes from Connor bradard cross ice it's unacceptable so that being said seems like luke richardson may not know what he's doing on the offensive end of the ice with, with that kind of philosophy you throw that on the fact that there's people who aren't shooting the puck there are people who can't find the net uh if, if it was doubled in size even if it is merzlikens uh in goal and arvid soderbaum there's no way i'm backing him right now he's an absolute bum and uh, give me Columbus team total over three and a half at a plus price. I'm seeing uh, plus 115. And uh, also give me the first period over one and a half. This is a cheap price and it's cash in eight straight meetings with these two teams. Uh, like I said, we do see a lot of goals here. Also, we'll have a little bit of that over six. Uh, but that's kind of small. But my, my favorite plays here are the first period over and Columbus team total. All right, Columbus team total, first period over and small full game over for uh, Alex here with the Blue Jackets and the Blackhawks. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with Alex Nylander, too. The the, the poor man. The poor man's Nylander. Uh, obviously, we know how good William is. Alex is not his older brother, William. That is clear. Uh, but he did score in his, and, get his, and did get his first goal with the Columbus Blue Jackets the other night against Carolina. And he is facing a team that he played the most games of his NHL career for this team, the Chicago Blackhawks, back in 2019, uh, for this uh, Blackhawks team. So uh, this is he's facing a team that he's played the most games uh, in the NHL with this team. So against his old team, scored the other night. I think it's it's a it's a solid look, especially at the price you're getting. If he's going to get a goal against anybody, it would be Arvid Soderblom. You just have to hope that he doesn't play like he did as a Blackhawk when he returns back against Flint and Blackhawks. No, exactly. I mean, plus 365 at Patano. Pretty good price. Pretty, pretty good price there, if you, if you ask me. That's definitely going to be on the uh, short list for the. I haven't even picked out my bargain bin special for the segment coming up later, but that's on the short list for sure. Uh, Alex uh, Nylander. And obviously, the Russians are always worth a look for Columbus. Chicago, it's hard to pick one right now because they've been so offensively challenged. But um, Blackwell, maybe, even though he's cooled off. I mean, where do you go? I'll tell you what, the most exciting thing about this game tonight might be the fact we maybe we see Jared Tenorti versus Matthew Olivier at some point tonight. Uh, maybe that is. is that or Reese Johnson. Yeah. Reese, John, Reese Johnson had a real good scrap uh, the other night. Yeah, he can uh, fight more uh, better than I thought. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I was really happy to see that. Yeah. So Reese Johnson slash Jared Tenorti versus um, Matthew Olivier. We might see something like that uh, for sure for the – uh, in this game as far as a potential scrap is concerned. All right, last game of this huge Saturday card, Pittsburgh Penguins, Calgary Flames, minus 125 home favorites for the Flames, six the total. 
Mika Kiprasov night in Calgary. Uh, he will have his jersey retired. I'm surprised it took this long, quite honestly. Um, you know, he had it. I think he gets forgotten about and not talked about since he's been gone from the NHL. People forget how fucking awesome he was for those few years, especially that cup final run in 2004 against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it's always going to be a bittersweet series because Calgary, we were all, everyone in Canada got behind Calgary. They were the underdog. They made this huge run with Daryl Sutter, a young Daryl Sutter uh, behind the bench. Uh, they weren't expected to obviously get to the Stanley Cup final that year. They kind of had a bunch of pluggers on their team, but they somehow found a way to get there. And, and they got to game seven. And it was a it was a great series. It's actually one of the better, I think, Stanley Cup finals the last 24 years. That Lightning Flames Stanley Cup final in 2004. People forget how good Mika Kiprasov was uh, during that run for the uh, Calgary Flames. He was he was really great. He was a very uh, underrated athleticism. He had good feet. When you know, Carter Hutton, when he was on with us, he talked about good feet. He had good feet. He had good lateral movement, lateral quickness. He was square to the shooter more often than not. He had a really strong run there. Now, later in his career, he tailed off. His numbers got worse. Injuries mounted for him. But that run earlier in his career and his tenure with Calgary, especially that Stanley Cup uh, final against Tampa Bay, he was one of the best goalies in the NHL at that point of his career. So he's deserving of this honor. Uh, he was terrific in that year. And it's a bittersweet Stanley Cup final that year, too, because it was the last one with Gary Thorne and Bill Clement uh, on the microphone for ESPN before they lost the rights to NBC. And then NBC had that disaster at the beginning of their run as television rights holders, Alex, where they had some games on Versus. They had the yep. disgrace of games on the Outdoor Life Network, OLN, for a bit. Uh, and uh, that was uh, right after the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning won that Stanley Cup final against Calgary. But I just wanted to talk a little about Kiprasov because it's his night. He's going to have his jersey number retired. And it's a great honor for a goalie that I think deserves more recognition than he sometimes gets. Absolutely. And, and, you know, Mika, Mika Kiprasov is also a cautionary tale of why goaltending has changed the way it has. You look at his numbers. This guy went all, all out of the way to all of a sudden go from playing just 20, you know, 30 games, being a, a backup, a third option in San Jose, part of that huge Finnish goaltending factory they had in the late 90s, early 2000s, to having back to back to back to back years with 70 plus games. He had six, uh, seven years in a row with 70 or more starts, and that's ultimately what kind of burned him out. So it, it, it's unfortunate. He was one of the best goalies in, in the turn of the century by far. And a lot of people, like I said, he doesn't get enough credit. But the fact that he only played 11 years instead of the 15, 16 years was due largely to the part that, that Calgary rode him into the ground, and they had to. Those were Calgary teams that would not have made it as far as they did during those playoff runs without uh, Kiprasov. So this, like I said, it's a well-deserved honor, and, uh, you know, for those some of those that are you know, younger or just watching hockey now, didn't watch it back then, definitely take some time and YouTube uh, some of the Kiprasov's highlights. He made some incredible saves. He was a fun goaltender to watch. So this should be a, a, a big night in Calgary for sure. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, such he was the backbone of that run. They don't get to a Stanley Cup final and one win away from a Stanley Cup game seven against Tampa Bay. John Tortorella, of course, coaching Tampa Bay that season. Marty St. Louis playing on that team with Vinny LeCavalier and Andre Abbey Boulin, the Boulin Wall. Uh, of course, was the uh, goaltender that year for Tampa Bay. I had great memories of that series, man. Yeah. Such an underrated Stanley Cup final, man. That was a really, really good series. Uh, and now, of course, you see Kiprasov. And look, 
uh, Marty San Luis coaching in the league. We played for Tampa that year. Torts is still going. So great memories for sure. As far as this game goes, look, Calgary's on a nice run. I think they're trying to prove a point to Craig Conroy and the management team. Like, don't break this thing totally apart. You know, don't trade everybody away. Don't trade, you know, Hannafin probably has to get moved. But Markstrom, there's some thought he was definitely going to get moved too. But now with them still very much alive in the wild card race, and he's been so good this year, is so valuable for the uh, Calgary Flames. They may not part ways with him. Um, but maybe they will after what he said yesterday. He was basically, and I didn't expect him to be this candid publicly, saying the management really fucked this up. They really have done a bad job handling my contract situation. He basically said that in no uncertain terms to the media yesterday uh, in one of his press conferences. So uh, that was definitely uh, jarring to hear that, quite honestly, uh, that he was that candid, that honest with how he felt the uh, negotiations were going uh, as far as his contract is concerned. Uh, But when you look at it here for uh, Calgary, they have played better, four wins in a row, including good wins at home against Boston, Winnipeg, and L.A. And I still don't have the utmost confidence in Pittsburgh here. They lost 2 nothing. Uh, and a shutout loss to the uh, Seattle Kraken. We'll see if they can bounce back here in this game. It's been one of those deals, too, as far as recent series history where home teams have won. Pittsburgh won each of the last two times they hosted the Flames. Uh, but last year, the one time that uh, Calgary hosted Pittsburgh, it ended up being a 4-1 win for Calgary here in this building. So Mika Kipper, soft night. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Calgary here, minus 125 in this game. As far as the total goes, nothing uh, nothing really that strong. I could see Markstrom actually playing very well. And this Pittsburgh team, you know, offensively, they've been all over the map. Seven against Philly, come back and score four against Vancouver, and then they get blanked by Seattle. They're all over the map right now. The key always with uh, this uh, Pittsburgh uh, team is obviously going to be, can they get some sort of semblance going with their power play? And obviously they couldn't the other night uh, against the uh, Seattle Kraken. We'll see if they can fix that tonight. But uh, there's really nothing I have to hear totals-wise other than uh, a little piece of Calgary here, minus 125. Alex, Penguins, Flames. I got a little piece of first period over one and a half minus $1.20 just because of the ceremony game. We kind of see some slower starts at times. And a guy like Jacob Markstrom, who he has had struggles early in contests, I think maybe that could throw his rhythm off a little bit. We could see a goal here. So first period over minus $1.20. Maybe even a little sprinkle of both teams to score. But what I like more than any of that is the draw because uh, we have seen some close games. Two of the last four meetings have gone past regulation between these two teams. Both teams desperately needing points at plus 370. I really like the draw here in this spot. All right, liking the uh, draw. You know what? I just, for some reason, <laughs> you're not always going to remember everything about every single game. But I was just thinking of this right now a moment ago that, yeah, Tanev being traded to Dallas earlier this week, that's by far their best shutdown defenseman, best stay-at-home defenseman. And we've said for years on this show, whenever Tanev's been injured for Vancouver earlier in his career and then Calgary recently, when he's gotten hurt, we have seen this team, the, the, the teams he plays for all of a sudden become more of an over team, give up more goals, have to score more goals. So, you know, I, I just might talk myself into a piece of the over here in this game over six because of that. Even though Pittsburgh, man, they can be all over the map offensively, you know, and uh, really, I mean, they are, they are a hard team to figure out offensively is because they can get shut out and they can score four or five uh, on any given night. As far as props, I would still go with just Crosby and Raquel. 
those are the two guys you've been really two of the few guys you've been able to count on for Pittsburgh. Zary, anything is possible as long as he remains on the top line. Martin Pospisil, we're going to go back to the well with his props tonight. Uh, Mangiapani starting to heat up. Maybe considerations for him uh, as well. Blake Coleman, always maybe a, worth a look as well. And by the way, Braden Pahal and Dennis Gilbert are the guys that are going to get more ice time now that Tanev has been traded. So you're looking at uh, Noah Hannafin, Rasmus Anderson, Oliver Shillington, Mackenzie Weger, Dennis Gilbert, Braden Pahal. Blue line here tonight for the uh, Calgary Flames. All right, great stuff. Huge Saturday card. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. We gave you over 90 minutes of analysis, sides, totals, player props, every game on the board. No one does it but us here on a Saturday on the Ice Guys show. Hit the like button. 260 live viewers, man. We appreciate all of you joining us here uh, on this Saturday. Just like we appreciate everyone that has signed up at patreon.com slash guys. just $10 per month. Uh, again, goalie charts, totals charts, daily sides, totals, and player props. Uh, as well as, of course, bonus video content. Uh, and again, we're going to have more Patreon-exclusive live betcasts coming up in March and beyond. So make sure you sign up, patreon.com slash guys. Your $10 per month subscription goes a long way to keeping this show going for the long term. Patreon.com slash guys, uh, just $10 per month. Uh, so make sure you get on board if you haven't done so already. And of course, check out the Ice Guys store. Great gear, great merch available. IceGuys.myspreadshop.com. Before, before we before we even talk about the store, we got to mention. I've just checked our YouTube studio. We are right now exactly at five thousand subscribers. So we want to say, oh thank really? You. We hit it. Wow, five thousand. We just be hit this that. soon. Yeah. Woohoo! So, yeah. So we had two thousand subscribers since the beginning of the season. Five thousand total subscribers on the YouTube channel. So we want to thank each and every one of you. We truly appreciate the support. And uh, what better way to support it by Wearing some of the merch we have as well at the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. We got new shirts and new caps out. We got a new little word mark. We got some uh, other new things coming out in the next couple of weeks as well, too. So stay tuned to that. Grab everything right now at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. We've been closing in on 5,000 subscribers all season. I think we started the season barely at 4,000, just above 4,000. Right, right. And already we've climbed 1,000 YouTube subs channel subscribers in you know barely half a season. So uh, that's absolutely outstanding. Uh, we th the, the climb for 6,000 begins now. Uh, exactly. Keep this thing rolling. Keep this train rolling down the tracks. Uh, that's what we're going to aim to do here uh, with this show. But uh, we thank each and every one of you. 5,000 uh, Ice Guys YouTube channel subscribers. Uh, and we thank each and every one of you for being here seven days a week with us to break down the games and the card each and every day. All right, we will get you a bargain bin special of the night and best bets coming right up right after we hear from our great sponsors, Boston Hemp Inc. All right, Boston Hemp Inc., make sure you check them out. And again, you can get 20% off all orders on the website using the promo code ICEGUYS at bostonhempinc.com.
bargainbinspecial.com. All right, it is time for Bargain Bin Special of the night. Um, I missed on mine, which was Sanheim. Um, I, you narrowly missed on Adam Henrique. I mean, he got the goal early in the first period, lots of time maybe to get that second point, but it did not happen. But still, it was a great thought process. Uh, Alex, uh, what have you got for Bargain Bin here tonight? Yeah, we're going to go to that game with Edmonton and Seattle. And like I said, I was debating up between two different people. Both have really good looks. Both qualify in the bargain miss special. But we're going to go with Evan Bouchard to get a goal here. Plus 470 is available at FanDuel. Like you mentioned, he has chances on the power play to get uh, shots, and especially against teams that have kind of weaker looks on, on the penalty kill. So uh, hoping for a Bouchard clapper from the point to go in. Plus 470, that's my bargain miss special for Saturday. All right, there we go. Evan Bouchard, plus 470 for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. And again, a good power play that's on a roll right now, and that's usually when he gets uh, that goal scoring going on the power play, so on the peeper. So uh, Evan Bouchard, plus 470 for the Edmonton Oilers for Alex P. Smith with his bargain bin special uh, of the night. Uh, there's lots to go with uh, tonight as far as bargain bin, some good options out there, uh, no question about that. Uh, I think what I'm going to go with here is uh, – um, uh, from this, um, I'm just trying to see if the price is good enough. Uh, it might not be, so we might pass on that. But uh, let me see here. Uh, let's go with, you know what I'm going to go with here? I actually like it the more I start to uh, think about it here uh, as far as the uh, goal prop here tonight for uh, this uh, matchup here. I'm going to go with Morgan Geeky uh, for the Boston Bruins uh, against the New York Islanders. Uh, he's been putting on a hell of a performance lately. Patrick against Vegas. And he's had a bunch of chances, like a boatload of chances. He's around the front of the net. He's getting opportunities. This is someone we've actually cashed with for a bargain bin special earlier in the season. But Morgan Geeky for the Boston Bruins, plus 390 at FanDuel. Uh, that is going to be my bargain bin special of the night. I was hoping it was going to be Logan Stankoven, but unfortunately, plus 280 is the best price we can find on him. So uh, not bargain bin price worthy. This one is Morgan Geeky, plus 390 for my bargain bin special of the night. All right, best bets to wrap things up for this uh, Saturday edition. Um, Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, I got to say one thing, too. Shout out to Bobby Pringle on Twitter, who sent me this Fort Wayne Commons jersey I've been wearing today. Uh, it was a very nice gift, and I uh, tweeted about the yesterday, but just wanted to give him a proper shout out on the video. So as we go to best bet, uh, we go into that Minnesota Wild-St. Louis Blues game. Division rivals, these two teams can't stand each other. And there's usually goals early and often in this contest. 14-3 and three to the first period over the last 17 meetings between these two clubs. We can get it right now. Over one and a half minus $1.25. That's Minnesota-St. Louis. First period over as my Saturday best bet. All right, there you go. Minnesota-St. Louis over one and a half. First period best bet for Alex P. Smith. My best bet for this uh, card, I'm going to go with Sens Flyers over six and a half because I think it's going to be Sandstrom. I like Philly and Philly team total over as well, but Sandstrom's got really average numbers in the AHL, and I don't know if I trust him to shut the door either. And the one thing Ottawa can still do at times is score. Uh, I think that's a goal palooza there if it's indeed Sogard and Sandstrom, the goaltending matchup as I expect it will be. So let's go with Sens Flyers over six and a half. Minus 120, uh, that's going to be my best bet here. Ottawa, Philly, over 6.5. Minus 120 uh, for my best bet for this Saturday card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it very much. And a reminder, the Ice Guys is live 
seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will be back with you tomorrow on Sunday. And happy to say that Connor Mack is going to be joining us, my old friend from Pub Sports Radio. Connor Mack with us on the Sunday edition of the Ice Guys tomorrow to help us break down the card. Looking forward to that. So join us then tomorrow on Sunday for another edition of the Ice Guys. (laughs) 